the holy place. And in the holy place of the temple, there were the candlesticks that represented the light. Well, that's like foreshadowing the light of Jesus that will come. And there was a table with bread on it. And that was going to represent the bread of life, which would be Jesus coming hundreds of years later. And then at the very back of the, um, <clears throat> at the, very back of the temple was the Holy of Holies. And nobody could go in there, people. Nobody could go in there because it was so holy. It was represented the presence of the holy God. And there was still a separation between the holy God and the, the sinfulness of the people. But once a year, the high priest could go in there. And what was in there? It was the mercy seat. <coughs> the mercy seat of God. The Ark of the Covenant. The ark, the box that had in it the Ten Commandments and um, <coughs> the, the rod of Aaron that reminded them of God's commandments, his presence. And, and his presence would come over the mercy seat. And this is the way it was. And the people, this is how people came to worship God for hundreds of years, people. Hundreds of years people came to the temple to worship God. But unfortunately, as we read through the scriptures, the people of God became corrupted again. And they intermingled with other cultures. And they did things God told them never to do. They sacrificed their children to other gods. They, they were lying and stealing. And, and they, were, um, they were doing all kinds of things, sex, all kinds of sexual sin. All kinds of things that dishonored God. And God warned them for, through the prophets, if you don't stop this, judgment's coming. If you don't repent, I'm going to send another country against you. And you're going to disappear. From, you're, gonna, you're not going to have your temple anymore. But people didn't pay any attention. And in 586 years before Jesus came, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon, another kingdom, came and destroyed the temple, took all the furniture out of it, burned it down, burned Jerusalem down, and it was gone. It was gone, folks. It was gone. The presence of God, the symbol of the presence of God burned to the ground. And the people were taken off into Babylon. And those that were left were some of the poorest people. And they were left with nothing but rubble. Like after a tornado comes, there was nothing left. It was a black time in the history of Israel. But God said, I'm still with you. I'm going to bring you back. Seventy years later, the temple was rebuilt under Ezra and Nehemiah, and the people worshiped there once again. But you know what? Once again, the people got corrupted. They acted in all kinds of disobedient ways. And in the book of Ezekiel, it says that the Lord left the temple. He left the temple. And when that happened, the people of Israel entered into what's called the 400 silent years where they didn't hear much from God. They weren't, they, they weren't, they were, they were like, they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the promised Messiah that God said once and for all, the Messiah will come. So the people were waiting and waiting and waiting. Now the next slide. <clears throat> the next thing you see in the history where you see the presence of God is in Luke chapter 2 at the birth of Jesus. And it says when, when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple, the temple to dedicate him, it says there was a man there named Simeon and he was a righteous man and he was devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
In other words, he was waiting for this time when God's presence was going to come again and he was going to redeem his people. And it says the Holy Spirit was upon him and he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought Jesus in. Now here's baby Jesus being brought to the temple. The temple represented the presence of God. And here's Jesus, God. Here's Jesus as a baby, fully God, fully human, being brought to the temple. And this is what Simeon said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people Israel. When he saw baby Jesus being brought to the temple, the Spirit of God was upon him, and he says, My eyes have now seen the salvation of God, Jesus himself, coming to earth. It's the presence of God in the person of Jesus. The presence of God in the person of Jesus. No more cloud, no more pillar of fire. It's now God in the flesh. It's Jesus. If you go to the next slide, we see the beginning of Jesus's ministry. Now, Jesus lived 30 years before his ministry began, and he grew up like everybody else grows up. You know, he, he had brothers and sisters. He grew up in a, in a normal Jewish family. He would have gone to the temple many times for the Passover feast. He would have known about Pentecost. He would have gone to all of the Jewish feasts. He would have seen hundreds of crucifixions in his lifetime because the Romans crucified people all the time and let them out on the main roads. Jesus grew up, but when he began his ministry, this is what it says in Matthew 4. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, a light has dawned. And Jesus, that's talking about Jesus. He's now the light. He's the presence of God in the flesh. And Jesus began to preach, and this is what he said. Repent, change, change your life. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. What in the world is he talking about? What in the world is he talking about? The kingdom of heaven is here. The last time we talked about heaven and earth was back in Genesis chapter 1, when there was no separation between God and Adam and Eve. Heaven and earth were one. Jesus says now, the kingdom of heaven is here. This is amazing. So now we see that God's presence is no longer a fire or a cloud. It's the person of Jesus himself. And it's showing us Jesus has come to earth. And he is coming to show that he is now here to repair, to rescue, to forgive, and to redeem what happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden and through all of the history of the Israelites. The next slide. And now, of course, I'm skipping a lot, um, but when you look at the three years of Jesus's life, what did he do? He brought the kingdom. What do you mean he brought the kingdom? Every time he healed somebody, kingdom of God. He set people free, kingdom of God. He forgave sin, kingdom of God. He delivered people from demons, 
kingdom of God. He reached out to some of the outcasts in society, kingdom of God. He treated women with honor and respect, and they had no value in society, kingdom of God. He said, don't uh, look down on children, for they are the kingdom of God. He elevated children and said, I don't, don't, don't keep them from me. Bring them to me. I love children. And children, if you don't become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus was going around showing people practically what does the kingdom look like. And then he was training his disciples and he kept trying to get them to see that, he, that Jesus was God and that Jesus was revealing the Father. And before Jesus went to the cross and we've just celebrated Easter and the resurrection, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. But do you know what, folks? In Luke 23, this is at the Jesus's last words on the cross, some of his last words on the cross. They crucified him at nine in the morning. And then uh, at, uh, later in the day, it got dark for three hours as the light of the world was hanging on the cross. And, but on 6 p.m., when Jesus gave up his spirit and he said, it's finished. It's finished. I have done everything I was sent to do. The curtain in the temple in Jerusalem that separated the Holy of Holies from, from the rest of the temple, it was torn in two from top to bottom. It split apart when Jesus died on the cross. Do you know what that means? That means there's no more separation. There's no more separation. Jesus is now our high priest. We can go right into the presence of the holy God and we can find mercy. We can talk with him person to person again. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth. God's, God's presence, God's presence is with us. And through the crucifixion of Jesus, he has forgiven our sins. He has delivered us from darkness. He has taken our guilt and our shame away from us. He has defeated evil once and for all. He has defeated all the powers of darkness. He has defeated sin and death. And when he resurrected, it's the first symbol of a new order. The kingdom of God is now on earth as it is in heaven. It's on earth as it is in heaven. And now he, we are, when we become to Jesus, we enter the kingdom through the precious gift of salvation. We're now belong to the kingdom. And God calls us to show what the kingdom looks like so other people will believe in Jesus and enter the kingdom. Is this not amazing? This is good news. <laughs> now let's go to the next slide because the story doesn't end there. You know, the ascension of Jesus is coming up in a few weeks. And this is what Jesus told his followers in Luke 24. He, because after his resurrection, guess what? His followers said, Jesus, now are you going to overthrow the Romans and set up your kingdom here on earth? And Jesus said, no. He said, I'm sending you the promise of my father upon you. Stay in the city. That's Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And then he went out with them to Bethany. And as he lifted up his hands to bless them, he was taken up into the, king, into the heavens. And Jesus went back to be with the Father. But he told his disciples, stay in Jerusalem and be clothed with power from on high. How long were they supposed to wait for that? Well, guess what? That was going to come. Jesus died at Passover. 
The Pentecost was seven weeks later. That's how long they waited. Now go to the next slide. And here is seven weeks later, they're in, they're together. And it says the day of Pentecost arrived, Acts chapter two, and Jesus had promised them, look, I'm going back to the father, but I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you alone. Don't be sad. My physical presence is going away from you, but I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven came a sound like a mighty rushing wind, like what you had, the storm that you had at the beach last night, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting and tongues of fire appeared and rested on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages. And you know what? When they spilled out onto the streets to start preaching, they were, could speak in other languages and people from other countries could understand what they were saying. And, they, and people thought they'd been drinking. And they said, no, we've not been drinking. We're here to tell you that the kingdom of God is here and Jesus loves you. And they started talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, the prophecies about Jesus and his resurrection. And 3,000 people came to Jesus in one day. The Holy Spirit is now with us as the guarantee of the presence of God is with us. The presence of God is with us. We can't see him physically with our eyes right now, but he's with us. He has never, God has never abandoned us. His presence is with us. Folks, this is wonderful news. During, during the message, during the time of the coronavirus, God has not abandoned the world. He has not left us. He will never leave us. He is committed to his people, and he wants more people to come into his kingdom. So what are we supposed to live for? We're supposed to live as kingdom people. Everything that we do point to the Father. We're his image bearers. Every act of kindness, every word of truth, um, every uh, thing that we do out of obedience to Jesus, we're representing the kingdom. We're representing the kingdom. And folks, he has created us not to abandon this world. Don't be in a hurry to leave this world. That's God's business. When he comes back, when he returns the second time, when he does that, it's his business. While we're here, we're to be living the kingdom. Live the kingdom. I think it was Martin Luther that said, if Jesus was coming back tomorrow, I'd plant a tree today. We don't, that God made this world. He loves this world. And then the final chapter of the story comes on the next slide. This is in Revelation 21. This is when Jesus says that the new heavens and the new earth were going to, are going to come. And this is in Revelation 21. And it is a beautiful picture of the final chapter of the story, which means that the new heavens are going to come down to the new earth. And let's see what it says about it. Go to the next slide. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is the apostle John speaking in Revelation. He said, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying this, Behold, the dwelling of place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more, 
There won't be any more crying or mourning. There won't be any more pain for the former things have passed away. My friends, do you see it? The dwelling place of God. He has always wanted to be with us. From the beginning in Genesis 1-1 to the end in Revelation 21, he has always wanted a people for himself. And he says the dwelling place of God is, is, is now with us through the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father. But in the very end, when Jesus comes again, he will be our light. He will, we won't need the sun and the moon anymore. He will wipe away every tear. And folks, those people who really love God and want to follow him, they will be with him forever. And those that don't want to be with God would be tortured to be in heaven. They don't, they don't want God. They don't want to be in the light of God. Then God will allow them to go someplace else. The Bible calls hell. God gives them that choice. He will not force anybody to be in his presence. He invites us into his presence and into his love. Folks, what does this mean for us practically? You can, what does this mean for us practically, folks? We need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. The presence of God is real. It's not an academic exercise. It's not a formula. You don't do A, B, C, D, and, and all of a sudden you're good enough to be in the presence of God. No, Jesus already took care of that. We can come into the presence of God because he has paid the price for our sins. He has given us the robe of righteousness. We belong to him. We're his people. And we need his presence, folks. We need his presence. I remember last month when I got the cancer diagnosis. And you know, something like that will really make you stop and think a lot. And I went out to Lake Johnson, my favorite place to walk where I could be outside in God's creation. And I went all by myself. I didn't want to be with another human being. I wanted to be in the presence of God in his creation. And I went out and I went off on a trail by myself and I stood in front of a big pine tree. And I said, Jesus, I need to hear your voice right now because I'm scared. And I don't know what my life is going to be like in the next year. I don't know how, what the cancer really looks like in my life. And, and, this, and the voice of God, not audibly, but the voice of God, his, I, could, I got this, I, uh, a sense of God's voice in my mind, which is often how he speaks. And he said to me this, he said, Camille, look at the tree. He says it has very deep roots. He said, so do you. He said, but they can go deeper. I said, well, that's, that sounds good, Lord. I said, what else do you want to say? <laughs> I walked some more. And this is what he said to me. He said, Camille, let people love you. He said, your greatest weakness, Camille, is that you don't want to look weak. You want to be strong. But this is a weak time for you. Let people love you. Don't walk in isolation. You don't have to walk through this alone. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. And I've tried in these last weeks to walk in weakness to allow people to love me. And you have loved me. You've brought me food. You went, Magda went with me to, for the, to the hospital with my surgery. People called me, sent me messages prayed for me and when I got the good news that the cancer had been contained I was so grateful but it reminded me how much I need God's presence before I knew the good diagnosis 
I used to, sometimes I went to bed and I wrapped myself in my blanket and I turned on worship music and I just wanted to feel wrapped up in the presence of God. And I just wanted to listen to music that reminded me of his presence. I read my Bible. I listened to worship music. I sang that song, This Is How I Fight My Battles. And God is a way maker. God's presence is not just one certain thing. It's not only the scriptures. It's not only worship music. It's not only his creation. It's all of it, folks. The presence of God, if we'll open our eyes to see, it's all around us. Jesus wants the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit wants each one of us to know he will never leave us. He invites us to know him. Those of you that are still wondering about Jesus, I want you to know he loves you and he wants to have you in his family. He'll never force you, but he invites you. And the presence of God is the most amazing thing. There are no words to describe it. He is with us. He is with us. Amen. Jason, I know you've got something more for us, for some worship. I just want to encourage us to enter into the presence of God now and just respond to the Lord, thanking him for his presence and taking whatever need you have today into the presence of the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is with us, who will never leave us or forsake us. Jason? <clears throat> We're going to go with a, uh, a lyric video uh, right now, um, the Michael W. Smith song, and uh, Bill is going to pull that up and, and share it from his machine um, to end our, our service and, and have a last uh, worship song. So bear with us a minute as we get the technical difficulties worked out.
Bill, over to you. Thank you, Camille. Camille, Camille mentioned this term. She says that, that, that God had made earth for our habitation, for, for humans to live in. He had made earth a habitation for humans. But then Camille, you, you took another step and you, you told us that God had made us. This is, this is the amazing, marvelous thing. God has made us as a habitation for himself. He wants to dwell in us. Just like we dwell in the earth, he wants to dwell in us. And that is such a, a revelation of the, of the love and the precious gift of God, his grace in our lives. And it's a truth that, that he doesn't write in the clouds in those words exactly, but he does reflect it in the glory of all that he's made. He's revealed it through the prophets and the apostles. He's confirmed it with prophets, fulfilled prophecies and through acts of, of wonder. He's confilled it with um, all of the fulfillment of the scriptures. And he offers that to us this morning. That's sometimes our greatest weakness is when we try to be strong on our own strength. And we try to convince the world that we are strong enough to do this by ourselves. And yet he wants to live with us and in us. So church, is there a response this morning? Anything that you'd like to share with the rest of us about what Camille has talked on? She, she walked through the presence of God in the garden, in the desert, in the tent, in the building, in Jesus. And now the opportunity that he will dwell in us and then the glorious consummation of that when we live with him for eternity in heaven, the presence of God. Oh, how I wish all of us, each one of you, that I'm, I'm faces I'm seeing right now would know the presence of God in your lives. Bill? Preston here. Can you hear me? I can. Um, one response would be the last song we just sang would be a response. Uh, and then the song we sang right before Camille spoke that the light of his presence would be our heart's desire. And I think when God sees that, when he sees that, um, the scripture that he spoke to Jerusalem will come so true to us. Isaiah 60, it says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Um, so take that and go proclaim um, the good news about repenting for the kingdom of God is near. I mean, I think that's a part of what we're in the midst of. Does he, does he see a heart that really desires the light of his presence? And when he does, that's what he says. Well, arise, for the light has come to you. And to go share. Thank you, Preston. I have. I'd, I'd like to share too. Go, go, okay. Magda. Okay, Magda. Yeah, it's amazing to me the great length God went through to get our attention. Yeah. I mean, just if, I think Camille, you just kind of laid it all out for us, and we see from beginning to now really. He's tried and tried and tried again, right? And it comes down to, in my mind or in my heart, I mean, that last song and the images really touched me because the images are God's spoken word. That's God himself, really. And we're, we live in it. And we, I just look at the clouds over here in my trees in front of my house and don't think anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's so good to be reminded all of this is God's signature. That's his word, because his, his word creates, right? So it's his creation. That's the one thing that, that 
I want to share the other thing is that I feel like Camille, when you when you talked about uh, that God said, "Be weak, let others love you." It's like we try to be strong all the time because we feel like then people will love us and accept us. But I think, and that being weak is really not the weakness that we in our human minds envision. I think God's weakness is like finding to ourselves, finding who He's made us to be, and and then just becoming that person weak or strong doesn't matter anymore right because i and i mean mystery how to find ourselves i we're on our way i guess we all of it we haven't really at least i haven't come to the end point Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um that's amazing to me that he wants us not an image of somebody else in us or us expressing ourselves like someone else we're all unique just like his creation yeah, that's all I have. There, there are ways that Magda can express the love of God that nobody else really can, right? That's right. There's, there's places but where so, you have access that no one else really has access. So. Right. And so does every one of us. Yeah, every one of us. And we try to imitate people that we feel like seem to be accepted by society just to be like them. No. <laughs> yeah, we need to be who God has made us to be. And that's, yeah. I think, a lifelong search. Amen. Thank you, Magda. Mm-hmm. Wayne, you had to comment. Yeah, I, first I want to thank Magda for sharing neem tea. That's a gift, and even though it's bitter, it was a really sweet present that you provided to us. <laughs> I I, uh, I thank you, Camille, too, for sharing sharing from your heart, um, but also sharing from the gift that God has given you to teach and to to go through the entire revealed word of god like that is is so powerful that was that was the most wonderful presentation of the gospel you know i i I did enjoy too the video um we watched it last night and those two guys that um have put together in such a a wonderfully graphic way um the story of each of each book of the bible is is really so compelling if you haven't seen it yet i really encourage you to do that But um, one of the things that I just wanted to share as a testimony was um, the goodness of God to my father. He's, um, he'll be 101 in July. And um, he can't stand being inside because he's got this little red sports car that he has to look at from his window in the parking lot of his retirement home where he won't be, they won't be able to let him go for another month or so. But uh, we speak to him almost every night and he shared with us um, probably, you know, a couple months ago in Indiana, it's pretty much um, cloudy all day, <laughs> every day from, from the months of December through probably the end of March. And it's easy to get into this place of depression and, and uh, feel sullen. And uh, he was just sharing how, you know, even though he's inside and it's cloudy, he senses the presence of God in, in the way that the cloud was God's symbolic presence. And, I, and as I was reading through Exodus uh, this morning in the chapter that, that you told us to read, Camille, I recognized that, that the cloud was ever present, you know, and, and it didn't lift when the fire came. The fire was actually inside the cloud. And I thought, how? How wonderful that that the cloud of God can be something that is symbolic of his presence and that um, my father can also be encouraged by that. You know, that God, that God was with us, that God was protecting us, that God is for us uh, through even the cloud, that every, every person on earth has been able to see the cloud. It's present in all of the world. Uh, and so it, it was just a really neat thread uh, to see how God's presence has always been with us and that how we could recognize it uh, even today with the clouds. Um, and as we're sitting outside watching the clouds, it was just an inspiration to, um, to listen to you as well as to see God's handiwork. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Is there anyone else? Anastasia. 
Um, I have to say, guys, like, thank you, Camille. <laughs> you know this, but I'm going to state it. Um, so what y'all just experienced is what I experience in YWAM every single day for three months. That's the kind of teaching YWAM gives you every single day. This is where you sent me. And Camille just did exactly what I experienced. And honestly, it was so refreshing to like, I was like laying on the sofa and I thought, wow, am I in YWAM again? <laughs> because like, it's so refreshing to just have the scripture laid out like that, to have God's presence explained in a way that like, it makes so much sense. Like it's so simple. But he just dwells with us. And if we want him, we ask for him. And he's there. Um, it's just really, I don't know. Thank you, Camille. I love you. You're awesome. I think Julie wants to share something too. I was, as you were speaking, Camille, I was thinking of the story of Jesus in the garden in John chapter 18 and in verse 6 it talks about how the soldiers had come to arrest Jesus and he says who is it do you want and they say Jesus of Nazareth and when he says I am he they all drew back and just fell to the ground and just just his pre the power of his presence and when he proclaimed I am he's proclaiming I am God and just that presence that we have by the Holy Spirit within us and going before us every day. I, I just am more and more humbled of, I want more of you, God. I want to be more sensitive to what your Holy Spirit is speaking to me and how he's leading me or, or all of us. And many years ago, I read a very small book called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. I don't know where Brother Lawrence was from. I'm not I know he was a early believer many centuries ago. But um, just the way that he would walk with God every day um, called practicing the presence, being so aware of God, you're here with me now. You're, I want you to speak to me constantly. I want you to guide me constantly. And it's just, I was thinking, I need to read that little book again. It's all scripture. It's just um, a man humbly walking with God in a way that we all desire. So thank you, Camille. Thanks for sharing that, Julie. I, I thought about him as I was preparing for this message, too. I also wanted to just say, you know, to, um, I mentioned it a couple of times, but for those of you who are new to the Christian teaching, you know, if you, I, I know a lot of this is very new, like the symbols in the Old Testament, the temple and the tabernacle and all of those things. And if you have questions, you know, which would be very normal if you have questions. <laughs> Um, please reach out to someone, um, you know, by Zoom or a phone call or whatever, and ask them because um, God is not God. God is not afraid of our questions. He wants us to. He wants to bring understanding to us, and um, it is a lot to understand. Um, the The Old Testament is very symbolic, so if you have questions, please reach out to someone. Anyone in our fellowship would be happy to talk with you and and take all the time that you need to be able to help walk it, walk you through it and, and uh, read the scriptures together and explain things. So I just wanted to encourage, encourage those of you that are, you just, you, are, you're learning, you're interested, you're learning. And um, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, I'd like to share something. Wait. Hi, this is Yan. Hey, Yan. Good morning. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. So first, I really appreciate for this topic. Um, and yesterday, I saw a picture from a friend. There's a pic. I, I don't know who. Um, my friend's friend took a picture. There's a... Uh, angle 
eagle, eagle uh, expanding its wings in the sky, and the picture is in Washington D.C. And I can see um, Lincoln Tower in the back. So when I see that uh, picture, I was shocked because that's really like just like a, a, a eagle expanding the the wings. So before, if I saw this kind of picture, I would see, I would think, uh, it's just uh, amazing. Uh, the, uh, it is natural, natural things. Uh, and also, when spring comes, uh, all trees, flowers start to grow. And in the in in the fall, all the um, we got all the roots, all the fruits. So it's very natural. I never saw who made that. Hmm. So. Uh, but after I believe that there's God, it's make different. When I see the trees, when I see the uh, the grass, is the the feeling is different. Also, Amen. like yesterday, yesterday when I saw the picture, I said, "Oh, it's a miracle! It's not just mm-hmm. coincidence. There's no nothing happened just by coincidence." So that's really um, different. And when Michelle just share um, all the, oh, sorry, Camille share all the um, presents God give us um, around the, on the desert, on the building. And I think I thought uh, before, like Greg um, told those to me and share, uh, teach us those to Jean. But before, when I heard that, it's just like a story. I said, yeah, it's, I cannot believe that really happened. But right now, I, uh, I'd, I'd like to believe that's true. <laughs> so I think different, it's different. <laughs> Jan, you are, you are on the journey of your lifetime. Yes. <laughs> when, you, when everything you see, yep. God speaks to you in the midst of it. Yep. That is, it, it, it is a miracle of God. That when mm-hmm. you know who made it, you know why he made it, you know for the purposes that he made it, you made you recognize his glory in the middle of it. You will begin to see that everywhere you go. Yeah, and, thank and the you. foods that you take and the smells that you smell and the people mm-hmm. that you'll see, you'll see God in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. That's the impact of what it means to be born again. Yeah. That's what's happened. Mm-hmm. You now have this new awareness of who God is and what he's done. And it's beautiful, isn't it? It, it is. It is beautiful and made me feel happy. <laughs> Amen. The yeah. phrase is, Jesus changes everything. <laughs> he does. Yeah, everything. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's, yeah. he's opening your eyes, Jan. He's opening your eyes. Yeah. That's Thank wonderful. You. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so refreshing to hear that from someone who is a brand new believer. Because many times we forget you know, uh, uh, we start to take things for granted, but to hear you say that you're saying it, it's brand new for you. And it is very precious. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Yeah. I, I know still there's a lot of learn, a lot of things I need to learn. Yeah. And thank you. I appreciate your share all the experience and uh, all the, uh, all the things. Thank you. Camille. John, John, you will, you will learn faster once your heart is awakened. Yeah to the presence of God, suddenly mm-hmm. you will be, you'll be wanting more and more and more of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Is there anyone else that has a comment or something you'd like to share in response? I just wanted to say thank you, Camille. That was wonderful. And just um, really seeing so vividly the heart of God in wanting to be with us is um, it's just really precious. And to see how much that was his purpose and desire from the beginning. And uh, there are people I'd love to share that with. If, if you all could provide a way to post it online, you know, after you if you would be able to, you know, edit it properly and so that it could be posted online, I'd really love to share it um, with uh, with our kids and Life Club and with a number of other people. 
Yeah, Sherry, uh, we'll put it on the, where we put all the rest of the, the messages on the gatewayraleigh.org website. Although Camille, I didn't get the beginning of it because I need to remember to press the record button. <laughs> I'll, and I'll also, um, Sherry, I, I'm going to send the PowerPoint to everybody on the Gateway email list um, so that you could have that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Okay. Camille's Real quick. Um, I'm still chewing on the thought that the dwelling place of God is with man, that uh, it made me think about the joy I had when Lisa and I were married and I realized that there was someone that wanted to dwell with me, how much more so that the God of the universe who could dwell anywhere chooses to dwell in us, to dwell with us. Um, it's a staggering thought. Uh, it should give us great joy. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, Randy. The more you read scripture, the more you begin to see from beginning to end how everything is Jesus. And if you don't think Jesus is in, is in the Old Testament, you will the more you read it. And you'll see how everything is connected, that it's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And how from the very beginning, he created us to have life and fellowship with him, and that has never changed. That's always been the plan. It's never been a time that that was not the plan, and there's never been a time that it was not gonna be fulfilled. Death is an enemy, and scripture says the last enemy to be defeated is death. It's gonna be gone, and you've got life now in the spirit, but physical death is gonna be gone too, and so it's, it's life. That's what Jesus is. It's all about life and joy and peace and the fellowship with God forever and ever. And we just see it more and more clearly as we read and we draw closer to him. All of a sudden, all these dark places begin to fade. They're still dark places because we don't see clearly in a lot of things but they become more and more clear and the shadows become less and less the more time we spend with him. So it's, it's a journey, but it's a great journey. Thank you, Greg. And Camille, it, it struck me when you were talking about Jesus came to repair and to rescue and you said, when he healed the kingdom of God, when people were set free, the kingdom of God, when um, people were rescued, the kingdom of God, when he treated women with respect, the kingdom of God. So I just was, I was thinking about that. And then after our worship and, and all, I thought of an old song, we declare the kingdom of God is here among us. The blind see, they didn't just see at that point that they can see now the deaf here, the lame men are walking, sicknesses flee at his voice, the dead live again. And, uh, and we sure have seen evidence of that recently in, in uh, like with Yun and Shang being born again, um, the poor hear the good news, Jesus is King, so rejoice. And it's made my heart rejoice your message today. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. And Jason, uh, for the worship and, and that song, Breathe, uh, I could, uh, all I could do was, was weep after hearing the word and then, then um, that song um, kind of being the, the icing on the, the wonderful message. So thank all of y'all so much. Thank you, Mary. Is there anyone else that um, feels compelled to share with the rest of the church family here?
So Camille sent out an email. If you didn't get it, let me know. But um, it does have a link to the Bible Project, uh, some of the videos that they have done, and, and they do a marvelous job of explaining quickly and simply and in, a, in an attractive way. Um, and the scriptures, Camille's going to send out the, the, the presentation that she, she shared. Um, and let's, let's bear with God with a, with a resilience that uh, the earth was made for our habitation and that the, the virus isn't going to consume the world. You know, we are here where God made a, pla a place suitable and habitable for us. And the next, our next stop, if we believe in Jesus, our next stop is, is in the presence of God in the new Jerusalem that new Jerusalem coming down from the heavens. Um, so we can be the, the, the most joyous, the most confident, the most assured, the most generous, the most patient, the most peaceful, the most kind people there are in society. Because we know a God who loves us and cares for us. That's, that's who he's made us to be. That's, that's how he's transformed us and rescued us. And he's given us his spirit that we, we know that we are never alone. Right, Camille? We're never alone. Hmm. So, Preston, I'm going to ask you if you would, um, a closing prayer, then Mary, if we have other announcements, maybe. We, yeah, we do. But let's, uh, let's have a closing prayer for this, uh, this aspect of the worship service this morning. Father, what a, an amazing, generous, uh, long-suffering, uh, redeeming God you are, um, that you would desire and have always desired to be near us. And Lord, I thank you that you're changing our hearts, that our desire is to be near you. We just ask that you would continue that good thing that you've begun in each one of us, Lord, that we might walk circumspectly but we may also walk with a rejoicing heart with praise on our lips with an expectant hope for tomorrow and the future or that even as bill has just said that we would be a generous loving and kind people father that the light of your presence really would um, help people to see that you are real and that you've transformed lives and we just thank you, Father, that uh, you've given us your word and you've given us your presence to encourage us and to help us as we walk before you and with you. We just ask, Lord, that you would go with us, that we would continue to, to feast on your word and that we would be those ambassadors that would speak the truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.